and welcome to Non-Fungible Queens, a podcast for the queens and the in-betweens. I'm Hodel Hill. I'm K-Duck, and today we're joined by Cray Train. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, our first official guest. So I'm so pumped and honored that you took the time to be here with us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So I know uh, we, we were chatting a little bit before, and you said you have... You know, a lot of different names in the metaverse. So you want to give those to the people? Yes, of course. So, uh, yes, many names, both in the metaverse and on the Internet. And I don't even know if, like, my friends know that I'm all the same person. Um, so, yeah. So uh, just like, oh, it's another follow on Twitter. <laughs> totally. So on Discord, I'm Jalapeno or Jalapeno Imposter. That is my pizza name for Pizza Dow and the Rare Pizzas NFT project. Uh, for Oni Force, I'm Cat. And on the internet or on social media, I'm Cray Train, uh, which is just kind of a play on like K Train, which is an old school nickname that I got in high school. I'm, I'm interested to hear all about kind of like how you came up with each of those. Um, I know you mentioned the Rare Pizzas project, so I think we're going to get into that a little later. But first, we just really want to hear how you got started in this space and, um, you know, kind of how uh, you discovered it and, your, you know, your journey so far. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it has a lot to do with Rare Pizzas and Pizza Dow. Um, so back in, I think, January of 2021, uh this year crazy yeah. um like, that feels like six years ago <laughs> it feels like i was yeah a completely different person i don't even know who that person was um but back in january i, I joined clubhouse and started to get into a lot of rooms and uh unfortunately because i was a crypto investor i started to get really into those bitcoin maxi rooms and just one day serendipitously one of my friends saved me from <laughs> those Bitcoin maxi rooms and brought me into an NFT room, which I really didn't know anything about. Um, but what he said was, hey, uh, my friends are getting serious about that pizza dough thing. If you want to go be a part of the conversation, like follow me into this room. And that's, that's kind of how it all started. The rest is history. Like I followed him to that clubhouse room. Uh, I chose a pizza topping for my clubhouse picture to be jalapenos. And then I joined the pizza now. Oh, and so there we go. Yeah. And so then that, you know, kind of like the rest is history. That's that's how I got started. Um, but yeah, I could tell you a little bit about Rare Pizzas and how that kind of catapulted uh, me and a lot of other community members into the space. Do you actually like jalapeno on your pizza? Oh, my goodness. So that's why I chose it, because I love I actually love jalapeno on a lot of things like a fresh jalapeno is very rewarding. <laughs> um, but like on sushi, I love spicy sushi and jalapenos on tacos and nachos and pizza. Um, but yes, uh, I think the day was February 18th. Uh, we all got into this clubhouse room and they said, like, put your profile picture as a pizza topping. And so I chose jalapenos and they said, okay, cool, everybody now join this Discord. And so I joined the Discord and within a couple of days, we had gotten hundreds of people into this Discord uh, to support this idea of like making pizza free. That's what, what Pizza Dow is about. And unbeknownst to me, one of the other team members had onboarded another jalapeno peppers uh, maybe while I was asleep. And so they had oh, changed no. my name. <laughs> yes, they had changed my name to Jalapeno Imposter. And so that is how I became Jalapeno Imposter of the Pizza Dow, which I like fully uh, embody. I love it. I, I think it's great. I have no issues or qualms with it. And I actually am pretty good friends with Jalapeno Peppers. Um, but yeah, so back in February, uh, Pizza Dow decided to like launch this really wild, audacious project. Uh, that would start out with the sales of NFTs and would hopefully result in uh, the world's largest pizza party, uh, making pizza free, an open source pizzeria, right? And that was that was kind of the promise back in the day. Um, and we've actually seen a, a a little bit of that realized over the last last couple of months. So, did you actually have a, a big pizza party yet, or 
Is it something that's going to happen? Oh my goodness. So, uh, like I said, we started on February 18th. Within three weeks, this community of strangers had created an NFT, which keep in mind, this was all pre Board Ape Yacht Club, right? So like this was OG back in the day. We were inspired by hash masks and crypto punks. And so within three weeks, our crew had generated uh, 10,000 um, pizza box NFTs that were pizza box reservations that would open and reveal 10K unique generative NFT pizzas. Um, so within a couple of weeks, our team managed to raise $1.25 million. Uh, and on May 22nd, wow. we threw the world's largest pizza party. And we were in uh, over 60 countries at over 210 pizzerias. Like we made pizza free for one day and truly did throw the world's largest pizza party. Wow, that's Amazing. awesome. Good work. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. in like such a short time too. It is really crazy. I think one of the best parts of being in this space is how quickly and how swiftly this community can come together and just create something great if they really, you know, put their minds to it. It's incredible. That's, uh, you know, my pinned tweet on Twitter is kind of like a testament to Web3 and DAOs and how I think they're fundamentally changing the game on like how projects, how products, how businesses um, can be turned upside down, right? Because like I said, we met February 18th. Within three weeks, we brought a product to market with a group of strangers from all over the world, and we made a million dollars, right? Like what other businesses and products can boast that kind of success story? And that's that's just what I love and Pizza Now loves about the promise of Web3 is it's like it's a whole new territory and like the boundaries are non-existent. They're limitless, right? It's like there's so much that we can do. Yeah, it really is crazy. It's It's just I feel like it's just the new age. Like I even look at the younger generation and I almost kind of envy them because I'm like they're so... <laughs> lucky to get to grow up in this and like this is like possibly like all they all they could ever know like it's gonna be so awesome for them I mean it's awesome for us but if you really like think about it like that's that's life-changing it is it's it's really exciting because and like you just said like for us it's paradigm shifting right like we have to bring ourselves about to this new worldview and kind of like shift our minds and like you said, the newer generations are growing up in it. And so like they kind of know this limitless internet uh, community type space that like, you know, it's like the metaverse, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, some of the video games like Fortnite, right? Like they start to take down some of these boundaries and it's it's just really interesting uh what the newer generation with like fortnite and roblox and all of those types of things uh what kind of potential there is for them to create even just video chatting like my daughter is six and you know she can make a video phone call to her grandma and she's much more at ease with it than my mom is <laughs> you know totally. my mom has the trouble picking up the the call or whatever but like when i was young um that was jetson stuff like that was <laughs> cartoon sci-fi never gonna happen and now here we are and it's so commonplace totally like uh there's this influencer that i follow her name is eva chen she's the head of fashion partnerships at instagram and she her son uh got one of those facebook portals she she got one of them to talk with the grandparents kind of like he said and her son figured out a way to take selfies of himself and send out pictures to her entire phone book every day. And she didn't know this was happening until like a couple of days in, her friends had said like, oh, I thought you were doing this, but your son has been sending us these photos. But it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think he was like three years old when he found this out, right? And it's like, they're just growing up with this technology and with access to these types of things. Um, which is like, yeah, it, it's just incredible what they could come up with. It really is. And I think I've said to a couple of people that it's, it's almost going to be like when we had computers, there were always going to be the stubborn people that refused to, you know, really dig in and learn about them and they got left behind. And I think unfortunately, like that's how it's going to be with this as well is if people don't want to adopt and don't want to learn about this, then 
you know, it'll be just the same thing of when they're older, you know, come teach me how to work this computer. <laughs> yeah, I actually read an article today about how millennials are refusing financial advisors. Um, and it's because they, they're like, I can open up Robinhood and handle my finances in this app. And I put 99% of my investments into cryptocurrency, right? Like, it's really interesting. Financial advisors and, you know, uh, portfolio managers are approaching millennials and millennials are saying, no, thank you. Um, and it's all because like this generation is, is starting to like, do things differently. But like you said, it's like, it'll be really interesting for those folks who have a failure to adopt, you know, what the learning curve is for them uh, come who knows what, right? Like, I think there is going to be some kind of transformational shift in the future. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm, I'm a part of the the shift because I would say I'm on the older <laughs> end of the spectrum <laughs> of the adopters. So it's uh, nice yeah. that I'm being embraced by all these like 19 to 30 year olds. <laughs> I love yes. them. Yes. Everyone is welcome. Yes. So the rare pizza project, is that something that's still ongoing? Like uh, next year, May 22nd, will there be another huge pizza party? Absolutely. And we've been talking to some sponsors who want to make it like the biggest, baddest free Even pizza bigger. day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, because it's what's incredible is we not only have the folks in our DAO who include like they they run the gamut, right? It's like pizza fans, it's developers, it's artists, uh, it's people like me who do like operations management, that type of thing. But we also Mm -hmm. have like world famous pizzaiolos and we have pizza shop owners, right? Like all of these these different people are in our DAO. Um, But as we encounter, you know, as we encounter new people, um, new personalities within the space, they get really excited about this idea of like NFTs for philanthropic and also kind of just like world changing purposes. Um, And so a lot of folks are on board to make, uh, you know, free pizza day or Bitcoin pizza day of uh, May 2022, the biggest one the world has ever seen, which like you know, I think this one this year was the biggest one that folks had ever seen. And we just hope to continue to deliver because it's really at the end of the day, it's like, it's not about us. It's about making pizza. It's about pizza and it's about making pizza free. And that's what, that's what pizza now is, is all about. That's so awesome. Yes. That's a, yeah, definitely, definitely an initiative I can support. I know I love who doesn't love pizza. It's just so easy. <laughs> But uh, so my question is, is how can people support if if you buy on secondary, does that go to the fund? Yes. Yeah. So secondary, we have secondary set up that can go to us. Uh, We are not sold out. So because we were kind of like an OG project, we were modeling the projects before us, which sold on a bonding curve. And the reason I say that like pre-board ape yacht club is significant is because they kind of undid the bonding curve model right and so we we modeled our bonding curve against uh laszlo who you know gave ten thousand bitcoin for two papa john's pizzas right which is like 650 million dollars today uh but back in the day that was the first ever bitcoin transaction right that's right yeah i don't think i knew that i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't think i knew that until i read the the rare pizzas website yes some education, some free pizza. Yes, education. exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so Laszlo, yes, uh, first Bitcoin transaction to Papa John's pizzas back in the day, 10,000 Bitcoin was equivalent to about $40. Um, and he was just trying to prove that Bitcoin could be used in real life for IRL things. And he did that. Uh, but now his transaction, like we said, is worth $650 million, which is pretty shocking. Um, but anyway, regardless, we built our bonding curve on his 10,000 BTC order. And so our bonding curve gets pretty steep as it goes up because it's modeled off of Bitcoin and it's modeled off of that 10,000 BTC purchase. 
So mm-hmm. you, you can still buy pizzas at rarepizzas.com. For some, the price is a little bit steep, but we think, right, like it's all for the purpose of pizza. It's all for the purpose of making pizza free, uh, for the purpose of create, creating the world's first open source pizza franchise, right? Like it's all for very, very important things. Um, and we hope that like that 10,000 Bitcoin transaction uh, that maybe somebody like an Elon Musk would be interested in purchasing it. And it's also a BOGO. So you buy one, you get two NFTs at that that 10,000 BTC price point. So not too bad. All pizza should be two for the price of one. (laughs) Yeah. Or free. Yes. So yes, uh, yes, uh, you can buy on our website, rarepizzas.com, or you can buy on secondary. Just make sure it's our verified account, Rare Pizzas box. Um, what's interesting right now is we're cooking our pizzas, so our pizzas are revealing. Those pizza boxes are opening and people are cooking their pizzas. So if folks are buying on secondary, it's important to make sure that your pizza hasn't been cooked, unless you just love the box art. Uh, but but check that out before buying out secondary. So what does that entail if someone cooks their pizza? Yeah, so um, we just uh, released our kind of like pizza cooking mechanism at NFT NYC last week, um, like November 3rd or something like that. Um, and essentially what it entails is anybody who owns a rare pizzas box can go and order, uh, a rare pizza. And so what happens is our devs have built tech that actually cooks your pizza or your NFT in real time. And it adds your, uh, verifiably random generated toppings from 314 pizza topping artists from all over the world. And it bakes you a verifiably unique pizza. Um, and it actually kind of like melts the cheese, it melts the toppings a little bit. It's it's pretty neat because our devs actually built this tech um, for our generative pizza process. So so essentially, right, you have a pizza box, you can go and you can order your pizza. We have a lot of pizza recipes that you can choose from. You can have it, you know, you can pick from like a special pizza recipe or you can have it completely random. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of what our pizza generation or pizza cooking uh process involves that's cool along with the along with you know the aspect of giving the pizzas and you can kind of have that little cool aspect as well with the art yeah yeah it's pretty cool um our hope is that eventually anybody who owns a pizza box will have up to nine nfts so they'll have the their their pizza box plus eight eight pizza slices so our hope is to introduce a slight introduce a slicing mechanism and so you can slice your pizza into eight slices and you can give out slices they'll be on little pizza plates um and so our hope is that eventually buying one nft gets you access to actually nine nfts so it's a it's a pretty interesting project um i didn't i'd encourage people to check it out uh, you know, not only for the philanthropic thropic reasons, but also because we had so many pizza artists or artists that contributed who now have gone on to launch really successful projects in the space. So it, it's kind of a little bit of like a, an incubator for um, artists, devs, creatives in the Web3 space. Yeah, that's, that's very cool um, that that's kind of where it started cool that's where you started and it's still you know still a thing today it's still going it's something you can constantly work on while you know obviously all the other things you're into so speaking of nft nyc you attended didn't you i did yes how was that oh my goodness it was incredible um i was a little bit worried because uh nft nyc was dealing with a lot there were a lot of interested folks there were a lot of people who wanted to speak and so I really had no idea how it would turn out. And I really feel like it like went off without a hitch. Um, I actually ended up with a couple of speaking engagements. So I, I spoke at the town hall at NFT NYC. I actually spoke about open source pizza and how PizzaDAO is attempting to make pizza free and starting its first open source pizzeria in partnership with a shop here in Chicago, Illinois. I actually got to speak on stage in front of some astronauts who ate pizza in space, uh, which was really incredible. Dr. Siam Proctor and 
uh, Mike Mongo, who's an astronaut teacher, and some other folks from SpaceX uh, attended one of our panels out there in NFT NYC. So all in all, it was a really rewarding and kind of remarkable experience, not only in the events that I got to participate in, um, but also in the relationships that I built. It was, it was amazing. I had major uh, FOMO <laughs> all week while that was going on and just seeing all the pictures and everybody having such a great time. So I think um, it's on the schedule for next year, you know, <laughs> hopefully I can make it. Oh my gosh. Block out the schedule for next year uh, for anything else too, that you can like get a heads up on. I think uh, it's really worth it to meet some of the web three NFT community in person. Definitely. Are you heading to any more events? Cause I heard there's some in Miami coming up and Las Vegas. Yes. So I'm a part of the OniForce project and OniForce was invited uh, by Comic-Con to come out and be a part of a couple of their panels. And so I will be attending um, Comic-Con San Diego or San Diego Comic-Con, as well as Los Angeles Comic-Con on behalf of OniForce. And we'll be participating in a panel um, at each of those Comic-Con events. And I will also be right in the middle of those sandwich, right in between is uh, Miami's Art, Art Basel and Decentral and NFT Basel. Or <laughs> There's uh, several events yeah. in Miami. Um, and the Oni Force team and the Rare Pizzas team will be attending in Miami. Um, so lots coming up at the end of November and December for both Rare Pizzas and Oni Force. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, I hope that maybe y'all can attend. It would be great to see you. <laughs> I think I'm gunning for Vegas. Okay. That that sounds like a fun one to me. So and easy for me to get to from here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I creeped your Twitter a little bit and I saw that you recently, you know, retired from your your job. So how's that been? Are are you would you consider yourself full time in this space now? Oh my goodness. Yes. Does that um, feel amazing to say? So I, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It, it's amazing. But now, okay. So I was talking to my family about this the other day. So I, I was previous, previously at my tech company for the last five and a half years. Um, and I really built kind of a name for myself. I worked my way up. I was running a department. I had a, a team of direct reports, right? I was responsible for responsible for quite a bit and in quite a big leadership position. But what I was realizing is that like my heart was in the Web3 space. And, you know, I started to realize this back in January uh, because of the promise of Web3, the decentralization, the opportunity for access for all sorts of communities who don't traditionally have it. And I was like slowly trying to be more involved. But what I realized is over the course of the summer, I was so taxed you know, I was kind of like doing three jobs at once. And I all I wanted to do was be in the Web3 space and like figure out these really um, kind of like future facing solutions um, for all sorts of people all over the world. And so I took a little bit of time to figure out, you know, I didn't want to be too reckless. I took a little bit of time to figure out what it might look like to transition from, you know, whatever a traditional job nine to five might look like into being fully committed to Web3 projects going forward. And back in, gosh, was it October? I, I put in my notice at my company and my company actually asked me for six months. They asked me to stay on for six months and I kind of negotiated them down to like three full-time weeks and a part-time month. Um, and that month, that part-time month just ended the, the Sunday right before NFT NYC. And so, uh, NFT NYC was just, it kind of felt like a celebration, uh, and a transitional moment into my new life. And I'm so incredibly excited. Um, and I'm really optimistic about what's to come, but I was also talking to my family about how it's also a little bit nerve wracking. Like before. I was in this very structured environment where I could show up and I knew exactly what I needed to do. And 
you know, I, this company was going to be paying me regardless, like every two weeks. And now I'm fully dependent on myself to generate this income to, to support, you know, myself where I am currently in life. And it's very exciting, but it is just a little bit of a pivotal moment where I'm like, okay, it's me. It's up to me now. And I am, you know, I keep saying I'm so excited and I really am. But at the same time, like there's this thing in the back of my head, like, don't forget, it's up to you. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's an interesting moment for me. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats on that moment. That's definitely something to yeah. celebrate for sure. My gosh, thank you so and much. I, is, so this is your first official interview full-time in the space then? Yes. <laughs> Besides, like, uh, there was a little bit of panel interviewing at NFT oh, yes, NYC, yes. but this is, yes, this is my first official interview. So thank you so much you for know. having me. <laughs> thank you for coming. <laughs> Um, of course and, yeah and congratulations i think this is your first podcast episode so like big kudos and snaps to y'all it's an amazing moment yeah we just you know we want to <laughs> do like exactly what you're doing just you know bringing awareness to the space um just having convos and also having fun while doing it <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like interviewee becomes interviewer like how excited are y'all for this for this podcast to kick off? This is a really cool opportunity. I'm yeah, I'm super Thank excited. So totally. many firsts all around. Yeah, today. I'm I'm super excited that one of the main things that's been, you know, really standing out to me is the reaction I'm getting to it. Like everyone's so supportive. Almost everyone I've talked Thank to, you. they're like, Yeah, like I'll come on, like let me know. Like I I don't like I'll have guests for a while because everyone's so generous and like, yeah, like that's so awesome. Like I'd love to come on. So that's been so awesome to see, you know, not just for myself, but even for the community. Like I just love that aspect of it. <laughs> that's so exciting. And can I ask again, sorry that I'm like becoming in the interviewer here, but no. um, tell me about non-refungible Queens, like the, the intention around interviewing women. So I, I personally haven't had any bad experiences, but I, you know, there's always those stories I've seen, I've seen them around. And I just, I think it just kind of hit me. Like I have, I have so many friends in this space. Not very many of them are women. And I look around in the discords and, you know, there's, it's just all men. And mm -hmm. I think, so the way me and Hill got together was, I think, I believe we're the only two women in non-refungible. Is that correct, Hill? There's a couple others, I think, but they're not as uh, loudmouth as we are, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, Hill's kind of really the first woman that I've connected with in this space. So, I mean, it. there's obviously, like, we don't want to have this podcast to be, like, a bash towards men, like, because it's not that at all. And there's so many great supporters and allies. But we just want to have it just to kind of highlight and like bring these stories and then maybe, you know, people that are on the fence about this space or giving it a look, they'll listen and they'll hear, you know, somebody's story that is, you know, just like them. And they're like, OK, like, I'll give it a try. And and we also just want to like celebrate and like, like, yeah, like women are doing it. Yeah. And they've always been. We're out here. Not everybody you're talking to is a sir. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> yes although i do say sir yeah. a lot we decided <laughs> to me it's like decided the female -binary version <laughs> is men <laughs> sir and men oh I but like i also it. like the yes. gender neutral friend everybody can be friends okay right? yeah i like friend i like friend i use yeah. friend a lot um no i think that's important what you said about um like celebrating women doesn't have to be equivalent to like men bashing or anything like that like we can I feel like you have to that. give that disclaimer though because it's, <laughs> oh. like, it's almost like like i don't i don't want to but like i just you know there's people totally. out there that will think that so I, I you have to it's true but also like i hope that we can escape that i hope that we yeah, can you sure. know like like i i want to acknowledge that like yes um it's important to hear everybody's story and opinions but like you said you know 
you were the two first women who you met in the space and connected with and got to know one another. And I've experienced not having a lot of female connections either. And so um, celebrating women and women's accomplishments and female voices and things like that. Um, I, I just think it's important and it doesn't have to be always seated within the idea of like being against or counter to, right? It can just like exist on its own to like celebrate different people. So I'm stoked. I'm stoked on what y'all are doing. Good. We're stoked too. Yeah, we're yeah. stoked that you came on. Thank you so much. Like, I for sure was like, oh, she like she's speaking at NY NFT NYC. Like, no way. She's too cool for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding? No, this is so exciting. Plus, Nate, uh, I met Nate um, at the board eight meetup out in Chicago, and he is just really incredible and genuine, and kind of has been uh online ever since and you know before and ever since but so you know it's it's really cool um to to know that y'all are working with him yeah. too but to be honest I would have probably partnered with you and done this regardless so I'm <laughs> stoked on what y'all are doing. Yeah well shout out to Nate. Nate's the reason that I'm in this space as well. I finally he loves yes. it when we I finally reluctantly because... yeah he'll be so geeked when he hears this. <laughs> So, oh, one thing I wanted to say was there was this tweet that I saw over the weekend, um, you know, when everyone was in New York City and they're like, you know, the best thing about being a woman at this event is there's no line for the bathrooms. (laughs) It's true. Uh, So I was at the Board Ape Yacht Club uh, warehouse party and literally like there were probably 40 stalls and every time I went to the bathroom, which maybe was twice, okay, I didn't go that much, but... (laughs) Uh, maybe it was twice. Uh, there was maybe one stall occupied and every other one was open. So it was very nice. Like <laughs> you could almost hang out in the bathroom and just like have a great time because there's so much extra space. So in like there, NF so. Queens meeting in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll record that there would be legendary year. actually. <laughs> I'll just wait out in the bathroom and interview awesome. all the ladies who come in. <laughs> Did you get uh, pizzagirl.eth? Is that you? I did. Did you get it before the snapshot? No. I didn't get it before the snapshot. I had two. I had craytrain.eth and ktrain.eth before the snapshot. So I got a few ENS tokens, which is incredible, right? I got like 150, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but yes, I bought pizzagirl.eth afterwards. There were a few that I was going to buy before, and of course, I wish I would have. Um, but I feel pretty confident about my ENS holdings. Yeah, nice. so. <laughs> I was not lucky enough, not lucky enough or not smart enough to uh, get an ENS drop. So I'm feeling a little sad about that. Well, but it happens, right? There's always something else. <laughs> well, and you know what I feel like they're telling us is... Uh, now's the time to get an ENS because if you looked at some of what they're they're promising coming forward with DAO and voting, is that you'll be able to vote on different things depending on your ENS. And so I don't think it's too late. Maybe it's not, you know, like the, I don't know if you'll get access to tokens in a year or whatever that might look like, but um, I, I feel like there's still an opportunity based on kind of what they've been showing us true, so far. That's true. Plus, they're fun. It's really fun to have, and it makes life a little bit easier at times. Do people randomly send you stuff? Nobody randomly sends me stuff. I'm still working on that kind of magic. Um, (laughs) Uh, But whenever I have to transfer myself things from, like, Coinbase or whatever, it's so much easier to just type in createtrain.eth. Uh, and send things back and forth and it is to, like go into you know my metamask or whatever and copy my wallet address so it it does make life easier at times and i've fully benefited from that i think i love that it's just so like you know be <laughs> lots of people that got the airdrop like yeah you bought you bought the the ens name it was probably relatively cheap but you just it's basically like being rewarded for just being in this space because like like lots of people that you know that are 
in this space have one so just kind of like holding and being here like that was pretty cool yeah yeah no it's 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 really fun um same with the botto um unfortunately my address didn't get uh tracked properly when they did the snapshot back whenever they did it um so i qualified but i didn't get my botto so they're not going to be able to reconcile it until january but it's the same kind of thing where it's like some of these tokens are popping up and it's just yeah like you said it's a benefit for just hanging out and being in the space and minting some cool projects so you really never know like that's what's cool about web3 is it all makes sense, right? Like ENS, them dropping that, like it actually makes sense why they would why they would implement a token and why ENS holders would get token rewards based on what they've been doing. So yeah, I, I, I think it's just been really exciting. Yeah, and I really liked how they kind of made the airdrop of the tokens fair, like uh, based on if it was set as your primary or, you know, the, the people out there that just buy all the, you know, the company's names and the famous people's names and stuff. I mean, obviously they still got rewarded, but not as much as like, you know, if, cause they kind of made it like you had to have it set as your primary or how long you held it for, how long you still have it for the future. Totally. Yeah. And that's what, um, I think has been really fun about the web three space in general is like the gamification of things. Cause that's kind of what it is. Right. Is like, they kind of gamified having an ENS name, <laughs> right? It's like having a yeah. Dalith. They kind of gamified it, just like Bored Apes have done. Um, they've gamified, you know, the holders holding various NFTs and different things. And so that's what's so fun is like the blockchain is, you know, a little bit unforgivable, but also does allow for some flexibility in terms of like how to gamify things and how to pivot and like reward people for being a part of your community or or things like that so i wholeheartedly agree it's gonna be really crazy to see what comes of this space i feel like every day there's a new idea and it's just like it's it's crazy to think about all the things that haven't been created yet if that makes sense totally yeah i mean this is what I'm really excited about with rare pizzas is like, you know, I think, and this is not to shame anyone, but I think after board a club, the community has kind of been obsessed with this idea of like profile pictures and web three is so much bigger than that. Right. And so what I love about rare pizzas is it's like, we say pizza should be free and we want to make pizza free and people kind of scoff at it. And it's like, no, we actually believe that the use of web three technologies gives us the potential to make pizza free and to open the world's first open source pizza franchise. And from there to scale to all other industries and all other franchises, right? Like, um, and, and that's just what we believe can be done with web three tools. And there's, there's stuff every day with like the metaverse and, you know, like Solana is talking about doing all that stuff out there in Lisbon this week. And, yeah, there's just there's so much out there, but beyond the P PFP movement that I think is still yet to be realized, and I think we're gonna start to get back to, especially come like what you know some are deeming like NFT or crypto winter. Um, I think that creativity is gonna come back out in folks. Um, besides Pizza Dow and like Bored Apes, of course, what is your favorite community that you're in? Oh my goodness, that's like an impossible question. <laughs> I mean, okay, so Pizza Dow is like my family. It's my OG. Um, like IRL and on the internet, they're my favorite people in the world to hang out with. I love my Oni Force family, of course. Uh, Strawberry WTF community is really amazing. Um, and then, yeah, like the apes, it can be so fun at times because there's so many ape derivative things like or uh, the Orange Dow or the you know, the Ape Orange Dow or Jenkins the Valet, things like that. Also Gutter Cat Gang. <laughs> I'm in so many PFPs right now that it's hard to even talk about them all. But all of those communities have just been so fun and so rewarding over the last, you know, six, eight, ten months. I think the next ENS name you should buy is Web3 Girl. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like a buzzword for me but I love it I truly believe in it so yeah I'll check that out I'll see if that's still available 
You have to go do it now, though, before we release before the podcast you release so it. someone doesn't scoop it on you. <laughs> I can move quick. It's okay. So what was the first NFT that you bought on Ethereum? If you had other, um, you know, chains before that. I think the first NFT I bought was a brain pasta. I don't know if anybody knows um brain pasta he's a creative in the space he um often talks about how he has schizophrenia and that both inspires and at times hinders his creative process but uh, my first nft purchase i think was from brain pasta and it was just a piece i really resonated with i mean he creates several um i'm somebody who suffers from mental illness and anxiety depression my basically my entire life and Um, So some of his pieces just really spoke to me, just kind of feeling disjointed. And he does a lot of glitch art and the glitch art uh, kind of spoke to me too, where it's like kind of your mind is jumping all over the place. So my first piece, I'm pretty sure on ETH was a brain pasta. Um, And then, you know, a lot of my first purchases were pretty small, uh, you know, like one of one artists back in the day. Um, before this PFP revolution really kicked off. So like Susie um, from Singapore, she launched Super Shivas recently. Um, I have many of her one of ones. Um, But yeah, a lot of my first purchases were one of ones. Uh, Darko is another artist who is part of Pizza Dow um, and went off to support many other PFP projects. Um, So yeah, a lot of my early purchases come from my my friends in the community I built, you know, back in January, February. That's awesome. I think it's awesome that you actually have a really good story for your first buy, because I feel like I never hear that good of stories. It's always like, you know, it's always like, oh, it was Mm -hmm. something that wasn't worth it or whatever, but that's like a, a really cool story to be able to tell. Oh, totally. Yeah. And like, what's crazy is Ethereum's, you know, was valued at like 1900 back in the day. And so like, it didn't really feel like you were spending that much uh, to spend like 0.2 or 0.4 on your friend's work. And now when you look back, it's like, wow, we we dished out a lot for them, which is super cool. I'm fully supportive. But we were just playing a completely different game back in back in like January and February. Um, but yes, I love all of my early stage purchases and those are kind of like forever NFTs. I'll never sell them. And gas was so much cheaper then too, hey? Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Seriously. That's probably my biggest barrier right now from like, I just can't justify the gas cost a lot of the time. Totally. I mean, there are NFTs I, you know, have access to claim and I haven't done it. I still haven't claimed my ENS tokens officially uh, because gas prices have just been a little bit astronomical. So for sure, that's like a a real life barrier. So did you mint your board ape or did you buy after mint? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I literally, I literally slept on the board Apes. So because the space was so different back when board Apes came out, um, I told myself like, Oh, they'll still be in there. They'll, they'll still be there in the morning. Right. It wasn't these crazy mints that you have now where they sell out within seconds, like projects would mint for a couple of days and it wasn't a big deal. Like they would sell out over the course of a couple of days. And so I went to bed thinking like, these are pretty cool, but I'll, I'll, check them out in the morning and see how I feel about it. And I woke up and they were sold out and I couldn't believe it. I was completely shocked. Yeah, I was completely shocked. And so I got my ape on secondary, I think the day after they minted, I paid like 0.27 for it, um, which for me was huge back in the day. That was like $700. And I, I sat down with my partner and I was like, I'm about to spend $700 on an NFT. Like, (laughs) I think it's a good choice, but I feel really, really nervous about it. And so I just did it. Um, But yes, I literally slept (laughs) on the board apes um, and woke up to a sold out collection. So uh, very interesting. It was kind of, you know, one of those ones that like the very first one that sold out and like it really did change the change the game in so many so many ways um but no i didn't mean i bought on secondary but i love i love my sweet ape so much so have you ever thought about how about listing it never (laughs) 
Never. <laughs> Never. I think um, diamond hands. Yes, diamond hands for at least until I get to like that long-term gains period. And then, you know, if somebody puts up like a $2 million offer for my ape, I feel like I would be a fool to reject it. Um, but I'm definitely waiting. I'll have my ape for at least a year before I even consider listing it. But yes, until this point, I've never once like even had the itch to, to offload him. Do you think you would buy at the current ape price today? You know, I've thought about that a little bit, you know, with like maybe selling. I have a pretty rare mutant. My my, I, I bought a mutant on the public sale and I think it was three, 2.5 ETH or something. And it's like rarity 800, which is pretty good when you consider there's like 20K mutants. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so I've, you know, I've considered like, okay, Imagine my mutant could sell for like 45, maybe I'll buy a BAYC, but at the same time, you know, I'm a true hodler, so like the idea of selling anything and just doesn't sit well with me. I've sold like one NFT and it was my subduck. And I sold my subduck at like 0.69 and then like the next day they went to a 4 ETH floor. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I will never no. do this again. So the only, you know, I'm only considering like if I could do a one and one where like my mutant sold and I could get another another BAYC, like maybe, but but then who knows? Like maybe mutants will go to the moon and so <laughs> I I don't know. I can't I, I realistically it doesn't make sense for me to just like straight up purchase another BAYC right now. But if, like, something wild happened, like, I minted a super rare BYOP Apostle and sold it for, like, 25 ETH, like, maybe I would try to go in. So I think I, I suffer from the same thing, um, only buying one of a project, and then <laughs> you're oh like, my gosh. well, can't sell now. <laughs> Never, unless you, like, fully want to FOMO out of the club for the rest of your life. like. You can never sell. And I just keep doing it. I have one doodle. I have one crypto mores. I have one dead fellas, right? Like, it's just my curse. I think um, Hill's on the same page as you, though. She's never sold anything. <laughs> Diamond hands. Bottle. It's true. <laughs> Hold it. yeah. Yep, for life. <laughs> I just know there's so many people who are like uh, when the doodles drop happened, I didn't get any myself, but a lot of people in our group did and some they sold pre-reveal mm, and I was like, how can so you do hard. that? And then they look back to see what it was and it's like, oh, I could have yeah. sold that for a lot more. You know, I just it's so oh, hard. I mean, me. we can all say that, though. I don't think we should hold ourselves too accountable because I seriously considered buying crypto um, or board apes several times, like extra board apes, cool cats. Like there's so many projects that like I wanted to buy into and I didn't. And so we just can't hold, hold ourselves accountable for that type of thing. And yeah. Yeah. There's totally. too many. There's totally. too many projects right now. One of the last questions I want to ask is do you have any advice uh for you know other women listening, maybe women in this space or women that aren't in this space yet? Um anything that you want them to know? <sighs> That's a good question. Um you know, what I what I always talk to, you know, because I, I previously managed a team at the tech company I worked for. And what I always tell people is like, just keep pushing. You know, we get imposter syndrome. I don't think this is unique to women, but I think that it's more prevalent in women. Um, just keep pushing and have faith in yourself. Like the thing is, especially in this space, we're creating it as we go. And I don't mean just we as in women, but the entire community is making it up as we go. The The whole world is in every respect, every space. It's all just made up as we go along. But we have this opportunity in the Web3 space to really play with some make-believe ideas and just like test things out. And so um, just keep pushing those ideas that you have. Like, why not test it out? Like, there's <laughs> There's really no failing in the NFT space. And like the more that women test things out and 
foray into new ideas and these creative uh, avenues, like the more we're just going to see women winning. And so that that advice really isn't unique to women, but I think that like I want to celebrate the opportunity that women have to show up at the table and basically like have a seat or run the table or make a new table or have no tables because tables are stupid, right? Like whatever it is. Um, I just want to encourage people to like, just like drive forward and like make shit up. Like that's, that's the opportunity that we have in the web three spaces to like define what it is to become. So um, don't, don't undercut that opportunity. I love that. I love yeah, I love your table answer. analogy because I was I was thinking in my head too. I was like, you know, everyone has a seat here, but then you said all of that, and I was like, no, like fuck it, like we don't need, and no one needs seats, like totally, like fuck the table and fuck the ceiling and all that stuff, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have one last question as well. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, so over at Pizza Dow, we are topping inclusive. And so we um, we allow all toppings on pizza and we celebrate all toppings on pizza. I love pineapple on pizza, especially because it is a great complement to jalapenos. It's, wow. It tastes great with jalapenos, the spicy and the sweet. I love it. All right. What about you, Cass? Um, I'm not a pineapple on pizza person. <laughs> I'm don't feel bad. No. I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not, but but it doesn't have to do with the flavor. I think it it just has to do. I'm not a I'm not a warm fruit person. So, um, you know, having any any warm fruit is really I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just don't like pineapples in general. But that's that's kind of oh sad. I'm I'm a rarity. I know a lot of people like them. So what can i say gotta be different <laughs> Cray train aka pizza girl thank you so much for coming on uh, it's been so awesome chatting with you and it's been an honor to have you here as our first official guest yay thank you so much for having me this has been so fun i feel like i've been chatting with my friends who i've known forever oh amazing that's the goal yeah and i can't <laughs> wait to have you back on after you know you've had all your time in the web three world and, you know, check in, see how that's going for you. Yes. I can't wait to be back on when y'all are like world famous podcasters. Well, I'll make sure to tell everyone <laughs> you were, you were the first. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. And hopefully we'll see you at uh, some in-person event in the next yeah. year. Yes. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll have pizza. Yes. Pizza's <laughs> on me. Ooh. I'll bring the beer. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast was presented by Non-Refungible Network. We're still looking for people that want to come on the show. So if you know someone or you're interested yourself, uh, shoot us a follow at NF Queens Podcast on Twitter. And stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks. <laughs>